0: Milo um,
1: and we're here to bring you yet another episode of laser Layers of life. life come through hello what's good people um we are back once again you we are we back do.
0: we are back after a nice two-week hiatus as yes they
1: call it. exactly that we were basically on half term yeah, literally <laughs> literally having a good Easter break <laughs> literally I'm telling you like but obviously it's always good to be back again and you know doing our thing doing what we do best
0: yeah hope, hope you guys have all been blessed hope you've been well I've been catching up to our previous episodes um and obviously Twelfth of April has come and gone, so I hope you guys have been able to be out, yeah, um, and doing something, um, doing better, doing better. This is it, yeah, all of that good stuff.
1: Doing up socials. I hope everyone had a nice Easter open you know everyone had their nice fish and hot cross bun and you know bun and cheese and all of that. So, yeah. But um, obviously the time's come and gone now and here we are So that's what's up So today guys we are are accompanied by not one guest but two guests actually And um, yeah I'm actually very much so looking forward to saying this even though I say this every time, but it's a lot more, uh, better because I don't know, it's a bit more personal for me as well. I've got here my younger brother and I've also got my, um, I'm just going to say sister-in-law, even though yeah, you guys are not, not married yet. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just yes. going to say sister-in-law. Okay, because that's basically who you are. Sweet, sweet, sweet. <laughs> but
2: yeah, I'm going to uh, let
1: these two introduce themselves and yeah, that's my All right. stuff.
2: Uh, do you want me to go first? Go uh, well, um, my name is Montel Barrett-Brooks. I'm Fabian's brother and, um, Yeah, I mean, that's it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm Katrina, Katrina Arapa, and I am Fabian's sister-in-law. Quote-unquote. To be. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, and I'm here to talk about fibromyalgia, which I'm really grateful for you guys inviting me onto your podcast to do. So, yeah.
1: Listen, at the end of the day, I just want to say thank you as well, because, yeah, I mean, we're going to be talking quite a lot about, you know, I'm going to say fibro, okay? Yeah, that's called fibromyalgia? Fibromyalgia. fibromyalgia. fibromyalgia, yes.
0: you See that? It just rolls the tongue. Fibromyalgia. we <Jeez, laughs> i going mean, mean, to call it
1: fibro. You're a scientist now, isn't it? <laughs> so
3: it's easier for everyone to say, so we'll just say fibro. 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 All right,
1: cool, yeah, easy. cool, Yeah, man. So we're going to have an interesting conversation about um, fibro. Um, what is um, Katrina has fibromyalgia? And for those who doesn't know what fibromyalgia is...
3: So fibromyalgia is a neurological chronic condition, which means long-term condition, which um, causes pain, tenderness, sensitivity, and fatigue throughout the whole body. Um, Not many people know about it because it's an invisible illness, which means you can't really see it. If you see a person walking down the street, well, if you see me, you wouldn't really see it. You'll just see my smile and me walking normally, but it does cause a lot of barriers in your life but it's also made me grown as a person which I'm really grateful for um and now I'm an advocate for fibromyalgia which I really try to push out it's been a year since I've really spoken out about it um to even my family and friends I never really used to speak about it I've had it for about 13 years now um and yeah I've recently spoken about it and I feel so good about it because I've related to so many other people created a community on social media Mm. and um yeah so that's what I really am grateful to talk about today. Mm-hmm. Do it in a large
0: platform, mm-hmm. which is really good. Yeah. That's well, good. Well, I, that honestly, goes. I appreciate you to, for being willing to come and share your story on our platform. Because um, I feel like, like you said, as much as, um, you know, as much as we're a men's podcast with, with, with a focus on mental health and men, like this is very much on topic and very much useful information to know because obviously, as much as you're a female, it also does happen to men as well because yeah. it's not one of those illnesses that are just, you know, just according to sexes. So it is quite universal and it's important for people to be aware of things that maybe they weren't aware of. And I feel like there's going to be so much conversation today that's going to be really, really relatable. And yeah. people will be like, oh, crap, you know, maybe I should just go for another double check or you know. ask about, make sure you at least ask about something else that maybe doctors don't speak to you about. You know yeah, what I mean? Definitely. At least. No exactly that I think I think something like this We just need to
1: kind of It's just nice to kind of Educate ourselves On things that yeah, we don't Really know why Too I much educate. on Yeah mm. and this is why It needs to happen It needs to be done Because who else is out here Doing yeah. this Do you know it's what I mean
3: It's raising awareness I feel like It's a big thing for me Because It took me 12 years to get diagnosed Wow And that's a very long time for my Whole like kind of Secondary school Childhood I never really knew What was going on with mm. me Till 2019 Which was not long ago so I was very clueless for a very long time and I feel like even older people as well as young people, but I feel like young people, especially in our age and they right now, they don't really speak about their problems. And I feel like if I could even give someone the chance to be like, oh, I want to go to the GP and just, you know, highlight, maybe I have fibromyalgia or maybe mm. this is something worth going down the route of mm-hmm. investigating, mm-hmm. then I feel like, many people will get the coping mechanisms and the treatment that they need to kind of deal with this in a daily life because it is daily, like you mm-hmm. ha- you go through pain daily and it's really hard to deal with. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I've gone through that struggle, but with more, if, if I speak about it, maybe my neighbour will speak about it, maybe my friend will speak about it. I don't know if any of my friends are going through this, mm-hmm. but they might be, they might not be confident enough to speak about it, which is why I'm so grateful that I've found kind of the strength to speak about it now Mm. and although it's 12 years later it's never too late to kind of i'm only 24 and i'm speaking about it now so imagine the effect it can have on someone starting secondary school when i had it i was so worried Mm -hmm. about going to secondary school with this illness no one's gonna understand i have like really close family as well but i never really used to talk about it with them because i felt like no one's gonna understand Mm. i look fine Mm -hmm. i can get out of bed
0: yeah
3: some days Some days I can't, but when I do get out of bed and do what I want and, you know, go out and see my friends and drink and have fun, then the next day I could be bedbound for, like, two weeks and no one would ever know. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's the big thing about talking about this because it's an invisible illness and you can't see it. I don't get, like, I don't have a cast. I don't have... I used to, like, really want a cast or really want scars and stuff so people would know that I'm in pain. Mm. But I don't... i never had that, so... I feel like now that I have spoken about out about it, some people don't understand. Some people will still make comments and stuff, but you have to kind of be brave enough to tell someone, I'm in pain, I can't do that. Mm. And I never used to have that strength to do that. I used to just push myself to the max where I'd burn out and be like mm-hmm. in my room, the same four walls for ages. And no one would understand it. People would just think I'm lazy. I used to get called lazy all the time. So... Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I want to oh, ask. So, when when did you yourself first like realize? Okay, cool, something's not right. Or, because you said it's been thirteen years now, right? Yeah. So, like, yeah, when was, when when did you when did you yourself or?
3: So, I do think it's been more than like thirteen years. I think as a child, when I was four years old, I used to wake up in pain, screaming. But there was no one could ever see anything wrong with me because mm. there was no physical signs. So. That was when I was four years old. I used to, they just put it down to growing pains. And then I was in, I was like 11 years old in year four, and my legs used to give way, used to fall down all the time, I used to get pain. But then it was like when I was going from year six to year seven, I remember just waking up. My knees were just in pain, everything was in pain. And I was just thinking, what is this? Like, mm-hmm. I can't really say, Mom, I can't go to school because I'm in pain because you can't see nothing. Yeah, so exactly, yeah. I had to get up and go, just get up and go. Whatever. I was very young. But I had to get up and go. And even when I went to the GP, they didn't see anything physical wrong with me. And they did blood tests. You couldn't see anything except deficiencies. So they were just thinking, just chuck a load of tablets at you. You know, Mm -hmm. that's going to be it. But I knew within myself, even though I was so young, Like I felt like I had to mature and grow up very fast. Mm -hmm. And I had to take control of my own health myself because who was I going to rely on? Mm -hmm. I only had myself that knew what symptoms I was going through. Mm -hmm. So I went like to the doctors and stuff and I went with my mom, and we like explored different things, but it was never like a diagnosis. It was just chronic pain syndrome at that time. Mm-hmm. So chronic pain obviously means more than six months of pain. So it wasn't really a diagnosis. It was just kind of a... Given
0: its own terminology. Yeah, sorts, own so, term, Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So
3: I was just, you know, going through day by day, but it was getting worse. It was spreading and I was like, my ankles were swelling, my knees were swelling I have Oscar's Sclatter as well, which means I like, oh extra not get I have that as little you? your underneath, underneath yeah, your knee. yeah,
0: I still I have that. that, you know. Oh, right. yeah. wow. Nice. I, I have
3: it too on my left knee. Do you? Cause, see, so,
0: I, I was told that um, a lot of people develop it um, when you're really um, sporty and athletic.
3: Oh, wow, I am mm. sporty and athletic. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, maybe there's more than
0: one reason. Yeah. Clearly. Definitely. But yes, even yes, like yeah. recently,
3: I've put in a lot of weight during lockdown. That's so serious. I've been like, my sister got me a cross trainer for my birthday recently in March. And I've been going on it and stuff, and I tried it, and then my knee was swelling and everything. So I think that's with the Oscars. Gut out. Oh, those is
0: actually active. Yeah. Oh, no. That's so painful. <laughs> <for me. laughs> yeah, was so it called Os- what? Oscar Slatters? Wow. I've never Oscar heard that before, boy. Oscar Slatters.
1: Yeah, like I still have today, my bumper. I have the bumper <laughs> <of> right it's <laughs> yeah. on my head. It's it's
3: so weird. annoying. Yeah. Oh, I feel Anyone left out now. <laughs> 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 yeah, that plays up as well. My knee goes out of place and stuff, and like. I'm hypermobile as well. So all my joints and stuff are very weak and they mm. bend. Hypermobile can be good if you're like a gymnastic or something and you're really flexible. But alongside with fibro, it kind of flares everything up for you. So right now, even if I walked a long distance, my knee would play up. But yeah, it spread everywhere and like my head was hurting. my Even my skin was hurting and burning. It's like fire. And you're thinking, what is going on? So obviously I saw pain specialists and stuff. This mm. is when I referred further. And I I remember this one appointment I went to with my mum and they were like um, referring it back to other people. So they weren't focusing on me. They were saying how it affects other people. So obviously that affected my mental health immediately because I was thinking, oh, so I can't really tell anyone because if it's affecting other people, then I can't really, you know, express my feelings, express how much pain I was in because it's affecting my family. So that's what made me shut down as well. Mm. So I was like okay, that was another couple years. I had to keep quiet about it. But then I started to research on the internet myself and I had this test, which is the fibro tender test. There's 18 points in your body, which they'll test. And that's the one thing I want to get out there is that if you are experiencing these symptoms, maybe just ask for that test. Mm. Because if I never knew about it before then, but I was researching about it and I had to talk to my GP about it and talk to my special, I'm under a rheumatologist right now. And they did that test, and that's how they diagnosed me with fibro. Right. I think that's the only way you can be diagnosed is the tender point test right now, because there's no bloods or anything that mm. will show this.
0: Because I've I've seen through a bit of research as well that a lot of the times um, <clears> this <throat> can be missed, easily misdiagnosed for things like arthritis or yeah. um, um, vitamin deficiency or things like that. Like and it's you know and people end up being put on to wrong medications or yeah, so and then f- causing side effects further.
3: From a young age, they say it's all in your head and that's what affected my mental health as well because I was thinking, if it's all in my head, then I can just tell myself mm. oh, I'm not in pain. But it didn't really work for me like that. I had CBT counselling. I had like all these different neurodrugs, like antidepressants from a very young age. And I was on three antidepressants from 11 to 15 when I was 11 years old to 15 years old. And that really affected me because I think I was taking all these pills. But it was just getting rid of the symptoms, not the actual cause, not the actual um, cause yeah. of my illness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think when you're young, you're like, yeah, I'll take it. Like if it's going to, so that's what you know.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah. That's all I knew. I didn't know anything about this. I wasn't very mature enough to understand. I need to be getting rid of the cause, not the symptoms. So I was taking all these medications. I was getting all these side effects and I was thinking I can't go to school. Like I didn't want to go to school. Even when I did go to school, I'd end up in a wheelchair, and I was thinking, "This is not the, I don't want that." I, would, I was never doing it for sympathy, in which what people thought I was. Mm. So people thought, "Oh, she's played up. She just wants sympathy. She just wants attention." And I hated it. I used to cover my head with a blanket when I was in a wheelchair because I would I was like, "No one. I don't want anyone to see me. I don't want anyone to call my mom and send me home." Because no one really believed me. Mm. Even I. Spoke to one of my consultants and they had to write a letter for my exams for school because I, at that point, I couldn't even write. My hands wouldn't let me write for my exams. And this was GCSE, so it was like a really big thing for me because mm. obviously I have a twin sister. So my sister was obviously writing her exam stuff. So I was thinking, how am I going to do this? How am I going to live up to doing like everyone else was doing without being able to write? So I had a scribe and I had a laptop, but I had to get a doctor's note for that. But my rheumatologist decided to write this um, letter for me, and she was like, Oh, yeah, she's exaggerating the symptoms. No, wow. she didn't know. yeah, like that. Like, that was real? at one point I literally cried because I was like, How am I going to give this letter to my school? Well, they're not going to give me any of
2: so like, the need, but, extra time yeah. or How? the
3: laptop or anything. So she was like, She's exaggerating, her symptoms are apparent. Oh my gosh, she's saying And like, she didn't even get my age right. So I was thinking, what the hell? If I can't even go to doctors to help me or like specialists, this was a specialist. Her name was Dr. Hart, ironically. She had no heart. (laughs) (laughs) No, like, honestly, I was like, I was literally like, she has no heart. Like, no, I'm not even kidding. I was thinking to myself, like, how am I going to give this to my school? How are they going to understand if she's saying my symptoms were apparent or exaggerated? But can I
1: just say as well, you're right. Even with that alone, yeah. Obviously, back then, I guess there probably wasn't as much information yeah. on fibro then as well. Hence why she was obviously making such a uh, stupid note to send to your school. Do you get a no le- I'd, <laughs> I'd rather no letter. Do you know exactly that? i is my
3: it. right and left hand. I was, I, now I can write this with my This is what I'm hands, saying, you
1: know. But, like, it's crazy how, obviously, time kind of changes because now you're a lot more... Well, everyone's a lot more knowledgeable yeah. about it, you know, kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? So I'm pretty sure now that wouldn't be the case. But, um, yeah, it's actually... That's quite shocking that someone can actually do that for you. That's yeah. mad still. But I can't I lie to you. I changed consultants. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you did, boy. But, um, I mean, obviously, you know, it affecting you from... Well, well since, well, basically first 13 years, sorry um obviously it's affected you in school um you know college and so forth so I mean I know it's obviously even affecting you now so it's like from like the early stages and so forth like what was your coping mechanisms what kind of things did you do and when it came to you know um kind of suffering whilst you're um you know in education basically
3: so back then I had a lot of personal stuff going on as well like at home and stuff so it was stress also brings on my flares Right. So okay. when I'm really stressed, I'll get a flare up with no doubt. Like
1: any particular area of the like the body at all. Just,
3: or? I think my back, my ankles, and like my knees. I think flares up the most, and they do swell. That's the mm-hmm. thing. I used to have to take pictures and print them out to go and show my doctor because if I was going to a doctor and they weren't flaring, they wouldn't believe me. So I used to have to like get evidence. as Soon as my ankle swelled, say, let me take a picture. Like, wow. even now, I have a chronically sprained ankle for life, basically, because they didn't believe that I sprained my ankle back then because they thought I was some hypochondriac and, like, I always needed to go to the doctors and stuff. So now, like, my living doctors torn. have failed you. They need to give Honestly, you some of my insurance claims. Literally. I mean, <laughs> who do we
0: need to email? Yeah. <laughs> because, Everyone. And it, with the fingers, because finger, it's really mad. Like, you guys, like, are you have people's lives in your hands and I get yeah. it's probably an industry where it's probably overworked and stuff but these are people's lives yeah. like you can't just be misdiagnosing people or not giving people the treatment that they need like, especially yeah. when things in a case like this where it's an invisible illness and it's such a delicate thing yeah. like you need to make sure you're getting support that is feasible and correct for you otherwise it's just putting you in harm's way
3: even now I feel like if I went to the doctor and be like I sprained my hand I'd be like oh you live You ha-. they would just look at your record and be like you have chronic pain like and I know, just be like, yeah, okay, this is You just haven't expected. injured yourself, yeah. you just have chronic pain, which is why I'm stuck with this chronically sprained ankle and ligaments torn. And I have to use crutches sometimes when I go to work, which is like a really hard thing with the field that I'm in. Mm. And I'm like, I can't really use crutches all the time. Like, it's not mm, ideal.
2: Yeah, it's not really like, practical. if it was dealt
3: with three... And I do think about it, but I try <sighs> not to think about it too much because I'm thinking, if it was dealt with three years ago and my sprained ankle was actually healed, mm. then I wouldn't have this problem like on top of my fibromyalgia so it's kind of so important to like push doctors to do those scans to do if you're if you know there's nothing there's something wrong with your body and you know it's not your fibromyalgia I can tell the difference in my pains and only you know but Mm. you, you I wasn't strong enough to stand up for myself then but now I'll be like no like
0: yeah I
3: know what's wrong with me I know I need to get a scan, I know I need to do this, I know I need to do that. But back then, I feel like I didn't, there wasn't much knowledge about fibromyalgia, there wasn't mm. much knowledge about all of this, which is why I'm so strongly, like, passionate about advocating for it. Mm. And it was really hard for me at first, I was, like, pondering on it for so long, mm. So I was, like... You know, I was yeah. I was
0: just about to ask, as well, I, I want to ask Montano, like, <laughs> so how, not how does this, um, not how does it, how does this come into play when it comes to your relationship in girl so obviously even when when it comes to um, like when you first started speaking obviously yeah. did you feel like it's stuff that you couldn't share like
3: I had to share it, it like some people wouldn't <clears throat> but I had to I'm the type of person where I'm so anxious about how people are going to take me because I know how people took me before and I've lost so many friends because mm. of this and in my head now I'm like okay maybe it wasn't meant to be but maybe if I spoke up then I would still have those friends so I'm like in a pretty in my head I'm like if I spoke up then then I'll have these friends but they're not real friends if they weren't there for me then yeah so it's kind of hard for me to kind of judge because mm. you know when you're young you're like everyone wants to go out everyone wants to do this everyone wants to do that they don't want to be brought back by someone who has an illness mm. and that's like really hard for me to kind of take on because I'm like yeah but if they were my friends they I'll be here right now but then if I was able to go out then I'll be there for them right now mm. But with Montau, i told him straight away. It's like a kind of like, okay, take me or leave me. Like,
1: yeah, I thought I'm you
3: scared. I'm going to tell you this. <laughs> yeah. And if you don't like me, then it's fine. Like, it's kind of like that kind of thing. Mm.
1: Yeah,
3: But yeah. I was lucky, I guess.
1: So, like, well, obviously when Katrina told you, like, you know... What did you... How did you feel about that kind
0: of thing? Like, you know... I'm like, so sorry. This was like a little family reunion. <laughs> <laughs> I had to just throw out
1: to <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Cause I, remember,
2: I remember when we first started talking, Um, it was actually on Twitter. And then, um, I think I must have DM'd her or whatever. I don't know. And then, I um, me. Let's just get that straight. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then we were talking and stuff and just getting to know each other. And then, I can't remember when exactly... You told me that you had chronic pain syndrome. I think yeah, you at that
3: d- point I didn't know fibromyalgia. No one knew okay, that yeah, term. Yeah yeah, oh,
2: yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think fibromyalgia came out. The term fibromyalgia came out probably like a year ago, two years ago. Mm-hmm. But um, before it was known as chronic pain syndrome. Mm-hmm. But I think the first time she told me, um, I, I can't remember. I think I asked her a question and she said, "Oh yeah, like because my condition or because I'm ill." And I said, "Oh, like what's like what's wrong with you or like what's the condition?" <laughs> And then she told me she has chronic pain syndrome and I don't know, I just Googled it. And then when I found out what it was, I was like, wow, it, like Google just told me that pretty much that the um, the person is suffering pain pretty much all the time, every day. Google make it seem as if the
0: person, like Google make a symptom make you seem as if you're going to die. <laughs> yeah, Literally. Literally. Like, it tells you the facts, but it's like, come on, man. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's true. It's true of it.
2: Yeah, but literally <laughs> from that, I was like, "Oh, wow, that's uh that's that's a lot." So, but like, I mean, being the person that I am, um, I don't know. I just kind of sympathized with it I was just quite like, "Oh, that's really that really sucks. <laughs> like, mm. that's really bad." Like, I mean, I, I'm I'm quite a selfless person, so um, I mean, it didn't really scare me. I, I I've had my like sh- fair share of like I, I've been to the hospital quite a time, quite a few times, so. Um it didn't really scare me away. I was like, Oh wow. I mean although I was just getting to know her, I still felt like although she said that I could be someone that's that she could like talk to if she ever needs someone to talk to. Mm. I wasn't gonna run away and be like, Oh, okay, ooh. That's mm. And that's something about. I was scared of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, like, I most I imagine. people would,
3: would be like, Oh yeah. Mm you're not going to be able to do this. You're not going to be able to, obviously I'd have to cancel plans a lot. Yeah. I'd have to like be like, Oh, sorry, I can't make it. Sometimes even with my friends, I wouldn't say why I couldn't make it. Cause I'd be like, if I say I'm in pain again, like what are they going to think? I'm never going to be able to go out with them or I'm never going to be able to make stuff. I'm always going to be late. I'm always going to cancel. Like I didn't want people to think of me like that. Mm. Which is kind of hard. Like with I love going out. Especially
0: in this day and age and life, Yeah, 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 like,
3: yeah, I would love to go out all the time, but my body will just not even allow that. So, even if I was meant to go on a friend's holiday, and I think about this all the time, I'm like, I won't, I I'll be able to go on a friend's holiday, but I'd have to rest a lot. Yeah, you just and I wouldn't consider. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to go out, like, they're going to go out every night. I wouldn't be able to do that, and that's mm. something that scares me even now. Like, if I was meant to go on holiday with my friends, I'd have to stay back, and would they feel bad or where they feel bad for me and be like I'm a downer and you just think about all that stuff all that stuff just runs through my mind constantly Mm -hmm.
1: yeah I think do you know it is as well yeah I think the fact that you know the fact that you obviously kind of went out of your way to actually research what this you know condition was when Katrina told you yeah I think that is quite important because I feel like with a lot of us nowadays when we obviously kind of like hear about something we don't do enough research we always just kind of think well we just assume that we probably know what that is yeah. without having to actually do our actually actually know what it is kind of thing you, know, you get me so um, you've done your research and the fact that you obviously kind of understood it you actually was able like you said to it sympathize with it rather than kind of you know just push it away kind of thing you know um, which I think is good and I feel like a lot m- more people nowadays actually need to do that do you yeah. know what I'm coming from yeah. you know it's important and you know I'm pretty sure had you know your people at the time you know I've done that they'll probably understand you a lot more as well yeah. do you get know I'm coming from because you know nowadays um, you know not, not all disabilities are you know um, obvious you know yeah. so I feel like like you said this is obviously like a hidden thing do you know what I mean and it's like why do you always have to kind of like you know um, explain you have to explain yourself You know, when people should kind of just be a lot more understanding about what you've got from the forefront, you know? Like, I have
3: no, like, bad feelings towards anyone because I know we were so young. Like, I feel like if it happened now and I got it now, then, like, the friends I have now would understand. But back then, we were in... We just started. I was in year seven. Like, we just started Mm. secondary school. (laughs) Everyone was so excited. Everyone was like... Ready to go out and yeah, just kind of be social.
1: And obviously, like you said at the time, you were in a wheelchair, yeah. Do you know what I mean? At sometimes as well, so yeah. And
3: I felt bad, people had to help me up the stairs at school, like they had to push me around, even for my sister. Like it wasn't a fun thing to do, like oh, yeah, like at playtime, someone's gonna have to stay inside with me and like chill with me, or like someone's gonna have to take me to that lesson, or like it wasn't in that. I get it Mm -hmm. 100%, I get it, and like that's why I kind of masked like trained myself to mask my my pain and like I used to be so worried about like the teachers saying oh yeah I'm gonna go and call your sister from her classroom or I'm gonna go and call your fr- your like your best friend of her classroom to tell her that you're in the sick room and you can't move or like I'm gonna have to call your parents like my teacher used to drop me home because mm. I was too scared to kind of be like oh yeah like mom you need to come pick me up again like it's a lot for mm. even anyone to deal with and you don't want anyone you to don't,
0: you don't want to also feel like a burden yeah like it a it burden. that was a yeah.
3: massive thing for me as well like I don't want to feel like a burden for oh yeah like you have to pick your daughter up again or you have to pick your sister up again or you know you mm. have to do this you have to do that so I just kind of learned to mask my pain and when I I had physio for like four years which it did help with like getting me stronger so then I was be able to walk and then I used to be able to mask my pain. I used to just be able to smile. Even now, I'm able to smile and everything, which is comes in with employment as well. I can mask my pain so well that no one would know. So no one at my workplace would know that I have fibromyalgia. Mm. And it's a good thing and a bad thing, I think. I was
0: about to say, literally, best in the first. I was, have that sort of mm-hmm. ability to do that.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, in terms of you obviously working now, because you work in a school at yeah. the moment um I guess how has it been for you whilst being at work
3: it's been hard like I used to I used to work in a nursery and I used to love my job I used to work at 7 15 to 6 15 and I used to love it I love my kids like I I stayed there for three years so I did really really love it but it was so exhausting for me I never used to be able to do anything else like even see him on tour I wouldn't be able to see him on the weekends because I'd be so tired and like even at work if I had a flare-up like, I'd feel so guilty for saying I'm really in pain that I would try and do it mm. till the end of the day, but then I'd crash and I wouldn't know how to get home, I wouldn't know how to move. Mm-hmm. And it got to a point where I burnt myself up so much that my fibromyalgia was getting so much worse that I had to call in sick. And calling in sick is the worst thing for me. Like, I would struggle to pick up that phone and be like, oh, hi, like it's Katrina, I'm going to call in sick today because i have but they didn't understand. It wasn't yeah. they weren't very understanding at that time. And I understand why, because I looked fine. Mm-hmm. That's the big thing about this. It's an invisible illness. You look fine. Well, you were fine yesterday. But yeah, like because I burnt myself out yesterday and I tried mm. to do the most. I worked in baby room as well. So I'd be picking up kids and you know, doing all this stuff. But if I called in sick, they'd be like, oh again? Like, are you calling sick again? So it got to a point where I was, call- I'm not ashamed to say it, it- I was calling sick more than once a week and it was really playing on my mind and my mental health that I really felt, I used to cry calling in sick because I was so scared and so down about myself that mm. I can't go into work. So I was thinking, it's crazy, like I should be able to call in sick, but I can't, like something was stopping me. So I'd try and go in and I wouldn't make it Then I would mm-hmm. call in sick late and it was just really bad. So I... Although I had the most amazing three years at that workplace, I regret a lot of things because I didn't speak up. And that's why I fell out with my work friends who were like, really, really close friends with me. We used to talk every day. Now I don't talk to them at all. Because they, at the end of the day, they didn't understand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I get that. Sometimes, you know, you got to move on. This is it.
1: And things happen.
3: And things, yeah, things do happen. So I left that workplace and then I found the job in the school, which is more manageable now. I started with five days a week. But I had to go down to four days a week, which I didn't want to do because I work in a school and they need you every single day. But it was something I had to do for myself to minimise the risk of me calling in sick. Mm. So I spoke to my like the head teacher and staff and I was really honest. And before I got the job, I literally blurted out as soon as I got an in interview. I said, here's the deal. I have fibromyalgia. And I felt it easier because it was along my journey of me speaking out mm-hmm. so I said I have a merger you know like this could affect my work I think, and you know sometimes I can't do stuff I might call in sick a couple of times and I wouldn't say i called in sick a lot recently but when I have it's been so hard for them to understand because they're like all right um maybe get yourself some breakfast and I'll see you at one o'clock but I called in sick
0: yeah I can't make it today Literally. Yeah. so I'd go in i still
3: go in at one o'clock but I'd be on crutches and like because the day before I was fine I was smiling and I'm mm. always smiling at work I'm always smiling everywhere to be honest I just have a cheesy grin always <laughs> and I have the loudest laugh so I'm always like really happy even though if I am in pain so they think but you're fine like I don't understand like you look fine there's nothing wrong with you mm. but Obviously, I need to build up that character to also be like, no, I can't. And I haven't, yeah. I'm not at that stage yet, mm-hmm. which is okay, I think, because I've come a long way mm-hmm. since I've, my journeys began with this. So I'm trying to build myself up slowly to be like, I can't come in today. Mm-hmm. But the last time I did go in on crutches, and then I was just sitting there and I was thinking, I didn't really need to come in. Well,
1: yeah. I, I guess like that. I think, do you know, it's one thing It's good is the fact that your workplace was able to accommodate to your needs because yeah. um, I feel like there's a lot of people within the workplace that I don't think they understand. I think some of the people in the workplace, they see us as just as robots. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, everyone is actually very different. Everyone's condition is very different as well. Do you get me? So I think the fact that you've been able to obviously work less as well, yeah. just for you to obviously get extra rest I think is actually amazing and I kind of wish that a lot more workplaces kind of you know took that um into consideration as well do you get I'm coming from because you know everyone's employable like everyone is actually employable and um you know if it is that you are have to might have to work um you know less days and you're not going to be um you know um what am I saying
0: as available. As it. available, do you get yeah. what I
1: mean? And, but you're still doing your work. I don't see what the issue is. Yeah. I honestly don't, you know, but I feel like something like this, just like a lot of other illnesses as well, but especially like this as well, mm. it needs to be at the forefront of like everything. But really then does. again, I feel
0: like it also does come down to employers as well because I feel like the workplace culture, just it just automatically assumes that everyone is automatically going to be healthy. Yeah. It's going yeah. to be able yeah. to come Definitely. into work and if you call cornering sick, there's going to be an issue, whatever it is, maybe. So, but then again, I feel like certain people, bosses, employers, whatever, are more understandable and are more inclusive and, and, you know, understanding of, you know, some people have certain conditions, some people have to do things differently and that is okay. Yeah. But I do I feel like that shift won't come until the... That culture within the workplace itself changes. It changes, right. yeah, yeah,
1: exactly that. Um, I mean, just touching on that subject, I, I'll give you an example. So, coming um, to St. I've started a new role now, okay? And the work culture is just wow. Like, so, and there's not really, like, a lot of the people because there's a lot of downtime a lot of people will obviously you know have cups of tea cups of coffee and i'll have a cigarette every second or something like that Do You know no, coming from like, <laughs> no honestly like it's actually a mad thing i've n- oh gosh listen my chest even for them is all kind of, I, I can't but it's a thing where even something like that like if they were if, you know well-being and you know all that kind of stuff was promoted in that right yeah, yeah. you know a lot more people will be looking after themselves Do you got know i'm coming from so I feel like, you know, the fact that you are in, you know, in a school, in an educational establishment, they would, you know, promote those kind of things. So oh, I yeah, feel like, yeah. you know, um, people who work places that obviously promote positive change will be more influenced to kind of, you know, probably be a lot more open yeah. to helping, mm. like, I think individuals. You'd be surprised
0: though, because I feel like with, with everything that's happening in COVID, you would expect businesses to be more lenient and more open and more, you know, adjustable and whatnot. I mean, I haven't had any experiences where I've had to be in contact with any company, but I just I feel like some workplaces really just don't care. Yeah, they and actually do. They, generally, don't. they yeah. generally believe that everyone is, like everyone is generally replaceable. Someone's yeah, exactly. Job, you're just a number. Someone will conform yeah. and do what I want yeah. to do, like you know. Yeah. What I mean? So I feel like it's the workplace culture in general that whole shift is needed. Um, but I, I want to ask uh, Montel some questions. Um, I've got two questions for you. Um, one. Um. How does or does does um, Katrina's health affect your health, your mental health, or your ways of being or caring for her, so to say? Right. And also, when Katrina is feeling poorly, how what does your support to her look like?
2: All right. Well, to answer the first question, um, I guess, I don't know. I wouldn't say necessarily really affects me because i don't know i I just i just cater to whatever she needs i mean if she needs help to get up one day if she really physically can't get up get up out of bed i'll literally just help harness her out 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 of the bed Mm. um it doesn't really affect me so much where i'm like oh man like why do i have to deal with this It, Um, it, it doesn't get to that point ever like i'm i'm always quite like um, accommodating and like reassuring, like oh yeah, it's fine. Like maybe like this morning, you know, you woke up in like your body's faring up and you're in a lot of pain. But maybe tomorrow you might feel better. You don't know. Maybe if you eat some some vegetables or if you drink a lot of water today, tomorrow you'll be fine. So I'm I'm quite like inclined that way to just kind of reassure her. But, um,
3: I think you worry a lot though.
2: How, how so? <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> I think. If I'm in pain, you worry, like you just worry.
2: Uh
3: a lot. But you you try and stay positive. Oh, yeah. Which I appreciate so much. But I think you do inside deep down, you worry a lot about me. Yeah. yeah, Even if I'm at home and I'm not with you, you worry. So obviously it does play on your mind a lot. Yeah. Which is kind of hard. Like I appreciate that I am able to share this part of my life in my relationship. And a lot of people can't. They Mm would mask it as well. But now that like, i feel like i'm at that stage where i can be so open but it will cause you anxiety i feel like you will catch on to my if i'm feeling really down and really like really pain and i'm yeah. when i'm in pain i can feel really like anxious mm-hmm. about our relationship as well so i think it does affect have an effect on you as well i think you do worry and although you try and keep us, it's, it's a subconscious you thing. Do wor- yeah. yeah you do yeah. worry a lot yeah. about me i guess which so, is natural. i guess
0: it's just, when you care for someone
3: Right?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. I was just about to say that. I like, guess just comes down to me just caring for you. Like I just, you know, want the best for you. I want to help as much as I can. I worry because I try to put myself in your position a lot. And I say, man, like I can't, I can't imagine myself being in that much pain. And even when I do have a headache or something, I always tell myself, Oh, Katrina probably this, this is probably how Katrina feels ten times more, two times more. Mm-hmm. I don't know, five times more." You know, I I just, of course I worry, but um, I don't let it get to me. Like, I always try to be available and try to say, hey, look, if you need any help, who, who else is here? It's me right now. I can help you. Don't be worried about, uh, you're not at work where you have to ask a teacher or, mm. or anyone else to help you. It's me. I can do anything. If you want a joke, I can, I can tell you a joke. I'm not good at jokes, <laughs> I'm not good at jokes but I can I tell a joke just to make you laugh. So, um yeah like I guess that answers your first question
0: yeah it answers both questions to be fair okay
1: yeah for real (laughs) I think do you know it is I think it's just really nice that someone that like actually be someone there to kind of just be your support system do you know I mean or be a part of your support system it's just really nice not a lot of people actually have that you know and the fact that you know again you've obviously taken time to kind of understand exactly you know Katrina's condition like I I know for a fact you're always there do you know so it's really nice to you know hear. I feel like this is what a lot of people kind of need to do as well we need to be a lot more we need to sympathize a lot more with each other do you know I'm coming from yeah you know and most importantly you know if there is something that we feel like you know is happening to our bodies I feel like we definitely need to get checked for it yeah we definitely do um you know there's so much if there's like even just that little little thing it's like okay this happens quite constantly check it out because you just never know what's what it, can, it could be you know because yeah, you may need support yeah for what your journey do you know I mean? nothing's
3: yeah. too
0: small yeah yeah and i, and I feel like um what your what the journey that you're where you were and slash are on in regards to speaking up about it is important and vital because it makes you have more confidence that you are an able person to do still yeah. do the things that you want to do you know what i mean and whilst having a voice whilst being able to advocate and Really help other people, like, and that is kind of like a superpower. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was. Gonna... I think mm-hmm. when yeah. I
3: first spoke about it, I was so overwhelmed. I literally cried because I was overwhelmed. The first day I spoke about it, I was overwhelmed by like all the like support I got mm-hmm. and like the comments I got. And I am obviously no one really knew about mm-hmm. what I was going through, but it was so overwhelming that people actually do listen. And like, I've like joined a community on social media. Social media is so powerful, and I feel like. I've spoken to so many people across the world, Australia, Canada, like America, all these different places. And I'm thinking, wow, like there are so many people like me out there mm-hmm. that are struggling too. And I would just want to inspire people to kind of speak out on any of their struggles because you just your neighbor could be going through the same thing as you. Your friend could be going, your family okay. member could and you just haven't had the chance to speak about it. Mm. but it will open up those conversations, mm-hmm. especially in my culture as well. Yeah,
0: and I want to ask as well, so obviously, like you said, when you was younger, you wasn't really as vocal to family about these things. So yeah. obviously, as time you've, you've adored into, more, into, a, into a woman, you know what I mean? So like, how has that narrative changed in, in the family, so to say?
3: I think in my culture, and I think in any Asian culture, I think we try to, play things down a lot Mm
2: -hmm. and it's
3: like if you speak out about things that are hurting you or anything it's a big thing it's a a, massive thing like everyone will talk about it but you shouldn't be scared of that because talking about it is good Mm. but i've always been kind of not taught but i've witnessed not talking about things which has kind of grown into me it's Mm. like grown into me that i'm not supposed to talk about things but then obviously had like a realisation, like, like yeah, two years like, ago. But... Like you
0: said, it's a, it's a cultural thing as well. Yeah. Like...
3: So I think I really grew up. I'm not saying I wasn't mature before, but I've really matured in the past year. And since I've been speaking out about it, I think I've matured massively. Mm. Like, it, I think it's changed me completely as a person that I've spoken out about it now. And I, I feel like I, I can help other people. And Had this just kind that. of was my purpose in having Vibra Maybe yeah. I was meant to have this to help other people. I was meant to do this because it's opened so many doors for me as well.
0: Yeah.
3: And I want to start my own charity. I want to do so many things. And I think I've found my passion of what I want to do. I do want to work with kids, but I also want to do this. Like, this is what has driven me to be the person I am now. And I'm so much stronger. Like, I went through so much at university battling this as well that it's made me such a strong person. And I think it's going to carry me through life, like, really well because I'm Mm -hmm. now built up that wall and built mm. up that kind of confidence to talk about things that people don't really talk about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Des- despite the confidence you have in yourself, has your relationship with family gotten better that has enabled some like further support your mental health now, whereas before it felt more oppressive? Do you feel more Yeah,
3: like- I think because I used to hide it a lot, it wasn't anyone's fault mm. that I wasn't getting the support. It wasn't my fault because I felt like I couldn't, but it wasn't their fault either because... They didn't really know how much I was hurting. So now I'm speaking out about it. They know how I'm feeling. Other people know how I'm feeling. So I think you can't run away from it. Before, I used to run away from it. Everyone used to run away from it. They'd Mm. be like, oh, yeah, you're in pain, but I'm going to run away from it because I can, because you're not talking about it. Mm. But now no one can run away from it because I'm talking about it. (laughs) (laughs) It's a thing. It is, I have this. I am going to deal with it and I'm going to speak about it to whoever I want but before I was like oh can I tell my auntie that I'm in pain oh can I tell this person and I used to get backlash from it I feel I remember like two years ago a year ago I went out the night before you know went out with my cousins I drank a lot and whatever and then the next day we had this family gathering and one of my aunties were like oh but you weren't in pain yesterday so um you stayed up till nine o'clock a.m drinking so what about today like um you not in pain today because you went out yesterday but I was like that's not how it works mm-hmm. I was feeling good yesterday I could stay up till 9 a.m but because it's invisible that's the thing it's invisible so I looked fine the next day but I was actually feeling really like down and like really in pain so I couldn't be like myself but they were kind of putting it on me that I went out yesterday but I'm allowed to do that like mm-hmm. you can go out the day before if you're willing really to risk the consequences which I am sometimes I know if I go out this day tomorrow I'm going to have to pay for it and sometimes you have to kind of gamble that
1: you have to mentally prepare yourself in a yeah. sense basically yeah. Yeah. and I
3: did and but then obviously people are going to talk people are going to chat mm. about you people mm. are going to chat to your face mm-hmm. and I did take it like oh you can't say it was nothing. like a stab but basically yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. and I was like and then I did feel down the rest of the day but then the next day I was like no but what why am I taking that? Yeah, like, this
0: is actually yeah. my life. Like,
1: yeah, just, I was you know like, I no, mean. it's
3: my, it's my life. I was dealing with it. You can comment, but you're not in my shoes. So
1: mm-hmm. I was going to um ask as well, actually, Katrina. So with you obviously kind of being an advocate for fibromyalgia. Yes. That. <laughs> um, So like, what kind of things have you done so far um to kind of like promote it kind of thing?
3: So on my Instagram, I've been doing a lot of talking about this, Tough things to talk about so like waking up is a big thing for us fiber fighters it takes a lot for me to mentally prepare myself to wake up for work and know that I have to go through the whole day and like waking up and actually getting out of bed is a like the simplest task for many people but it's so hard for us so that's one thing I speak about but I speak about many things on my Instagram and I try and like target the hard topics and talk about it so it can be shared with like other people and um, last year for Fibromyalgia Day, which is the 12th of May, every year. Okay. Um, I did Not this it. video and I got people from, like, all across the world. So you're 12th of May?
0: That's my older sister's birthday, so... I, yes.
3: it. Oh,
1: okay. <laughs> yeah, I got that
3: day off as well from work, so... <laughs> um, nice. Yeah, so I made a video from, like, loads of people across the world, different cultures, different backgrounds, like... And I put it out there and so many people took to it because it was from people all across the world so everyone was sharing it and that was a big thing that was like my first fibro day i spoke out and that like this year i'm doing a 10k walk i know it's really ambitious of me to do that because i know the next day i'm going to pay for it really bad but i'm going to do it to raise money for um the fibromyalgia charity uk that actually are in progress now but i'm also raising money to start my own charity and like do a website because I feel like from a young person's perspective and from someone who's kind of gone through it from young, I think it will be like a different perspective for people to look at. So um, yeah, I really thought about it and I've been just, I've got my own blog as well, which I think people reading more in depth because Instagram, you can't really go in depth Mm -hmm, about your journey. mm -hmm, So I've got a blog as well out there, which will tell my journey in depth. And I speak about things like university and school And mental health and stuff so Mm -hmm. yeah i'm trying to do a lot as much as i can whilst working but monta helps me with that as well that's the thing as well i feel like you help me a lot with well monta helps me a lot with putting stuff out there he gives me ideas which i can really run with and i just want to spread the word (laughs) to anyone i can Mm -hmm. whoever's willing to listen i'm Mm -hmm. gonna talk about it
1: that's awesome no that's good man that's good i think Yeah,
2: yeah. Also, just to like clarify for the audience, um, because like you're you're saying that that you experience pain and sometimes you have bad days and good days, but just so it's clear, like what type of, like what type of pain do you feel some days? Is it like sharp pain? Is it like a pain in your head or your legs? It's it's really
3: a mixture. Like this is what I find it hard to describe to like pain specialists, and they Mm, they often actually laugh at me the way I explain it because I'm like. Oh, yeah, like, I get really bad aches and pains, but it's, like, a worm biting through, like, your flesh kind of thing. That's oh, oh, the kind of pain yeah, it
2: is. Yeah, sometimes you tell me that sometimes you feel like someone's squeezing your bones squeezing, or, like, crushing like, literally your bones. crushing
3: it. And I'm, like, they're, like, what? And really? I try to imagine
2: like, that. I'm, like, wow, like, that sounds painful, but i it's I've like every that.
3: Sometimes I can move. Sometimes I can't feel my body, but I can just feel pain. Mm. And my skin's on fire, so if, like, you touch me, like, that feels like you're... Tu- like, it's fire. like
2: Yeah. It's- wow. It's burning.
1: I can only imagine how that must feel. That is nuts. The, the only way I've, I've been able to feel, like, my like my ankle was a when I fractured it and that wasn't a nice feeling but boy like <laughs> yeah. that being basically you know all over your body and everything and yeah. that is crazy
3: yeah. but I've kind of found ways to cope I, found, I find distractions really good for me okay like yeah. even if I'm in pain if I get distracted for like five minutes it's worth it because it's distracted five minutes of by... like anything Okay, literally if I'm really into work or someone's making me laugh like you it's like an override of that sensation right so you kind of Get distracted for five minutes, and it's five minutes of luxury. Like you're like, I forgot about that for two seconds. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or like, obviously, sleep is a massive thing. I never used to sleep, so I used to take sleeping and tablets and like all these other medications. So but sleep is really important because if you don't get a good night's sleep, your pain's gonna act up anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just yeah, I use like cold compress and hot compresses. Like it's a load of different. Coping mechanisms that you have to work towards. I was
1: going to say, I know you've got your little massage gun as well. Yeah, isn't it? right. Massage Which is gun. Quite cool, I want to get myself one. <laughs> you can use mine. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, but um, yeah, I mean, stuff like that as well, I feel like that will definitely help you with just trying to even just ease.
3: Yeah, the even pain. if it just eases like 1%. It's mm-hmm. like it's worth it because mm-hmm. there's just so much pain like to go through. Mm-hmm. Anything, even if like, you just put ice on you for like two seconds, it just. That one sensation will take away yeah. a little bit of pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's a, again, I feel like it's a lot of work as well. So sometimes I'm like, I can't be bothered to go through all of that to get that little bit of ease. Yeah, But mm-hmm. you have to be strong enough to kind of proper work, eat healthy, do these coping mechanisms, have acupuncture, do the physio exercises. I found it so hard to do physio exercises. Like,
0: Could imagine because sometimes you're thinking these are so basic, it's yeah. <laughs> down. It's not gonna help. Yeah. <laughs> right.
3: Do I really have to do this? Do I have to wake up half an hour extra to do these exercises? <laughs> That's gonna benefit me in the long run. It's not benefiting me right now. So you mm-hmm. have to be dedicated and mm. have, which takes even more energy from you.
2: And and even sometimes for me, like I'm I'm, I'm not a misuse, but sometimes I I'll offer to give a massage. I don't know what I'm doing, and sometimes I uh, I ask myself, is it is it helping that I'm squeezing, like, your leg? <laughs> yeah. Or is it hurting more? I don't know if the pressure's helping or if it's not. The um, pressure
3: helps for, like, why you're pressurising it. And it feels good because you're, like, it's a different cessation. Like, you're okay. feeling yeah, something yeah. different than pa- than mm-hmm. usual pain. Mm-hmm. Normally, like, other pain is better than the pain that you're in. Yeah. Mm. So it's kind of, you just have to find what works for you. And it's really hard. That's why talking to other people is really good, which I'm, which is why I'm starting support Sunday. As well, so I'm doing a Zoom call for 20 people each Sunday. Um, obviously, I'll rotate it to who can join, mm. but I'm going to advertise it. And just so you can share, like, your struggles of the week, your goals of the week, what you achieved. I think it's really important for everyone to keep talking. And I don't think there's anything out there yet to, like, join people together to actually talk mm. face-to-face kind of thing. So that's what I'm going to start as I'll well. Good. I
0: Sick. think it's, a, it's a, a space in which needs to be amplified yeah. so to say um, I think you're the right person for it mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah,
1: for real for real for real. that's good man I think do you know it is yeah you seem to keep doing your thing and just putting this out there man and I feel like you know even this episode alone yeah. will hopefully kind of like you know raise awareness number one and just let people know that look do you know what if it is that you obviously feel like there is you know you're feeling chronic pain all the time right do your research see what's it about and then just kind of just you know get Those yeah. just use just like it's, it's basically skin. yeah. It's worth asking, specialist. and
3: maybe it's fibro, that you never yeah, know, yeah.
1: And also, doing all like the little things that you do, so well, just to kind of ease the pain and yeah. whatnot, as well. And whatnot, you know, even just something as little as this could obviously help someone today. So, yeah, I think it's amazing. I think it's good. So, yeah, man. Um, I wanted to also say, as well, quickly, right, because we're going to be wrapping up, um, shortly, right, um, in terms, well, yeah, separately, right. Uh, what message would you have um for someone obviously suffering from fibro like if you had like a message for them what would you say and for you mentor what would you kind of advise somebody supporting someone who has fibro as well i'll go
3: first <laughs> so i'd say that if you if you do have fibro now don't be scared to talk about it i know it's so hard with it being invisible that's the main thing it's invisible no one can see what you're going through no one can see your pain but it is real don't think it's all in your head and people will tell you that people will knock you down so many times saying it's all in your head like you're just making it up you're exaggerating or you're just thinking it and that's why you're in pain like just don't think about it but speak up and you know research if you do think you have fibro go to the doctor and be like i think it's this and i do want treatment i do want to go to a pain specialist like and talk to your family and friends about it because without talking about it it's, it's more of a burden on you and that stress is going to make you flare more so i would mm. say talk about it get in contact with someone that does have fibro i'm always here to talk to anyone <laughs> like i'm so like open about it now and i'm so it's such a relief for me being open about it because for a decade i wasn't and that was the worst time of my life mm. Like, it was really the hardest decade I've ever been through. But now I'm talking about it, I just feel such relief that I can help other people as well as it's helping myself. So it's helping myself, but it's helping you too. So I think talking about it, getting it out there, talking to other people, finding the coping mechanisms, take your time to do it. There's no rush. There's no schedule in kind of your journey. You could take 10 years to find something that works for you. But as long as you're working on it and as long as, You can talk about it, then you'll be okay. Like, don't give up because I know a lot of people, like, sadly commit suicide because they can't take the pain anymore and they don't have anyone to talk about it. And I'm glad before it, for me at that point, I have got to that point before, Mm. but I'm glad I've overcome it. So I think don't give up on yourself because honestly, you can get through it and you can live with it.
1: Mm Mm, that's good man thank you
2: Mm -hmm. and uh for me i guess um just try to be as um understanding as possible try to put yourself in um that person's shoes that has fibromyalgia and um just try to be as selfless as possible don't think selfishly at all just um if they have any sort of concern or or they come to you with a problem saying that oh i don't feel so well then just try to be as selfless as possible and just try to cater to them. Just try to be understanding. It doesn't take that much. Just just try to help in any way you can. I mean, that's what I tried to do. So that's hey. the best advice I can give. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: that's what's yeah. up no that's good man that's really good to hear as well and um, you know I think it's just always good to, to try and you know advise where we can and what not just so we can obviously you know help other people and whatnot. and not I would even say as well obviously you know we're speaking on a topic of fibromyalgia um, but even this could be for anything as well especially for yeah, you literally. know people our age as well yeah. Um, we need to be obviously be a lot more health conscious do you know I'm coming from so I think it's very important to kind of always kind of check in with ourselves and you know um, have necessary health health checks when needed, you know, and yeah, speak up on it, you speak know, speak up. on That's it. The speak, I mean, up. speak yeah. up, speak up. Yeah. This is it.
0: And as always, health is generally wealth. Like, yeah, yeah, we gotta look after ourselves. Um, even if we're not sure what is going on with ourselves, it's even more so a reason to find out what it is, mm-hmm. or to get answers that we don't have. Mm-hmm. um Look
1: after ourselves, man. This is it. Physically and mentally, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah man. <laughs> That's what's up. But no, guys, honestly, it has been a pleasure for you being on board today. Thank honestly, you. I've learned a lot. I've definitely learned a lot. And um, yeah, I mean, it is what it is, kind of thing, isn't it So um, I just want to say thank you, and um, yeah, hopefully we'll be able to get you guys um back on soon and whatnot, and then we'll be able to, you know, yeah, catch definitely. up. Definitely, I'm grateful for
3: this opportunity, guys. <laughs> Honestly I'm going to yeah. share it Everywhere Also
1: sorry So that people Can like, connect with you Do you have any Like any like Handles, or, okay. Social okay. handles So in my Instagram effort. Is
3: Katrina Irapa Underscore And my blog Is Katrina's Fight With Fibro
1: Okay Perfect Thanking you Thanking you
0: All of that Will be left In the bio For anyone Who somehow Didn't catch it <laughs> um, So yeah You guys will be able To find out Where where, where And how you can Get in contact With Katrina
3: Yeah, just speak up and look after
0: yourself. That's all I got (laughs) to (laughs) say. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. And thank you, Wintel, for joining for the moral support.
2: (laughs) No problem, man. No problem. I mean, thank you guys for having us on this platform to, you know, talk about what... What's important? This is do it.
3: what you gotta do? This is it. And um,
1: yeah, you guys had to. It was eventually you guys came on. Like, yeah, it had yeah. to be done. So that's yeah, what's up. Yeah. Makes
0: me feel all like right. I need to be in a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> is, that, is, that, is this what love looks like? Down, bro. Nearly six goes, years. Time, so. maybe six years. Congrats, boy. Oh, goes, thank you. Thank goes. you. Things, those things don't happen nowadays. This is it. Do you know what I'm saying? Very <laughs> young, right. Yeah. right?
1: Exactly. So big up yourselves, boy. What be. can I say? What can I say? Setting the trend. Right, right. This is not it, saying yeah. The trends keeping the keeping yes, right? So right, it. right, exactly. Yep. Exactly that. <laughs> that is funny, but okay, cool. <laughs> I mean, I guess we're brothers for a reason, so yeah. <laughs> so, before we laugh anymore, <laughs> um, but yeah, so guys, this is an amazing episode. Obviously, we'll be coming back again, um, bringing you, um, you know, amazing content as we always do.
0: Yeah, um, that's what's up. We have a few. Announcement that we'll be making over the next episode or so or even on our socials um so just keep an eye out keep a lookout uh, for that and obviously when we next record um over the next couple of recordings should i say and we'll be able to share some of the, some of the that's what's up so on that note it's your boy milo
3: it's your boy Fabs. we out peace